You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. chapter four uh stage five which is mastery mm-hmm. uh he mentions the story of bruce leroy uh did are you guys aware of bruce leroy have you seen that um it's one of them it's one of those um black black uh what's they call it black exploitation um oh, am i even saying it right um you know back in it like a few a good like in the 60s 70s in America, USA, they was making a lot of black, black, uh, black films or black casted films. But it was mm-hmm. black exploitation. I can't if I don't know if I'm saying it right. But it was just almost showing like just like a lot of the negative side of like pimps, hoes, and all that shit. But um, yeah, there was a uh, a film which starred Bruce Leroy, which is that it's essentially like Bruce Lee, but like the black version. Okay, no, no, I don't remember that in the book. I mean, I got Bruce Lee here, but I mean, but that might be something else. <laughs> um, it might even be Bruce Lee. I don't know if it's just done a spell check on me, but there is a Bruce Leeway as well, so that's that's, that's why I mentioned it. But I'm sure, but I'm yeah. sure it is Bruce Leeway that he mentioned still. But um, yeah, um, he goes on to talk about mastery. Mastery is very calculate. Is is very. Fre- Mastery is very calculated art and science. Mastery and dominance of your craft is 90% mental. Um, and that's on page 53. Mm. Now, I've noted down to refer, uh, refer to the story of Picasso. And I think it was in another book that we, we read that it talks about a story of Picasso being at a cafe. And he's sitting there doing a scribble. And I believe that, what was it? Basically, he's doing a doodle on a piece of tissue or piece of paper. And he goes to, like, almost throw it away. Then a woman sees it and knows it's Picasso and knows if she takes it, it's going to be worth a lot of money. So um, I I don't know if I'm getting the story right properly. But essentially, it it took him about two minutes to do this doodle. And... Because she was going to try and take it, he took it back. And she was saying, oh, but it only took you two minutes. He's like, yes, that, what you see in front of your face took me two minutes. But for me to be able to get to the position I've got, I've had to work all my life to to become Picasso, essentially. Mm. So, yeah, that's why it it made me think of that in terms of being a calculated art and science. It takes time. It's not going to be overnight. And Mm. success isn't done overnight. So that's what... I'm referring to in, in that regards. Um, I've put, what is one of the first obstacles in our life we can master? Good question. Um, I'm, try, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about me, but I'm thinking about my little cousin stuff. And one of the first things, well, probably the first, actually, that's a good question, boy. That's a very good question. Because I was thinking about this, Feeding, crawling, walking, then even before that, surviving, surviving, like in the in the room, surviving. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Survival. I don't I don't know what to, which order to put it. I'm just thinking out loud here. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. What about you, Pete? Any any thoughts? No, I mean, I'm just looking at the first thing I wrote, and it, obviously I'm assuming it was he came out of the book, is, is that we learn very quickly in life that um, everyone doesn't get first place. There's only one first place per event. Marshall is about conquering and reconquering a master program to consistently be number one. And it obviously speaks about the importance obviously, of the process and stuff like that. And just below that, I've got my notes on Bruce Lee. Um, so, so I'm not too sure... See whether I've got it wrong or or you. Uh, uh, I know that much. So yeah, yeah, that's what I said. That's what I thought. It's Bruce Leroy. In the book, it's definitely Bruce Leroy. No, 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 I'm not saying that's not the case. But he speaks about um. Anyway, the notes the the notes I wrote were Bruce Lee's trainers said he couldn't be his trainer anymore, and that he should go on a journey to find out who his master was. In a regular battle with Shonoff. That's Bruce Leroy. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe it is Bruce Leroy. He found out who the master was. Um, yeah, he found out who the master was. Um, so no, so my, in conclusion, my point was, you are the master, but you must go far beyond your comfort zone to prove it. What's that got to do with the question? <laughs> Back to Fletcher's question. Bro. No, no, no. <laughs> so I, I answered it. I said that we must learn very quickly in life that um, not everyone can, 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 um, can have first place. No, you read something from the book, you said. That's yeah, I know. book, bro. Nah, yeah, I did. one no. of the first obstacles, <laughs> bro. This is a grown man talking. That's from a grown man's perspective. I'm talking about one of the first obstacles in life that you can that we. Yeah, no, what I said was I'm not too sure, but for oh. my notes and I. And I okay. to... <laughs> what What do you think, French? Because that was a difficult one, and I was just trying to. I kind of thought out loud about it. And I, survival springs to mind, but what else did what What did you pick up from that? Um. I think that's a good answer, to be fair. Yeah. It's survival, but again, I think... All right, cool. If, just to kind of go off the train of your thought in regards to when we're um, a child, I think you've got to learn to master how to... And I, it's going to probably sound bad, but how to manipulate people because you're manipulating your parents to an extent. When it's feeding time, what do I need to do to get their attention to get fed? You know what I'm saying? I was I think, communication, but you said, you said manipulate. All right, communication. communication. That's it. Manipulation. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Um, yeah. All right, so communication. I think communication is something, but I don't. I wouldn't say that we master communication even up until now. We're still forever learning. So I guess going back to the point in regards to being a master of anything, it's going to take time. It's going to take uh, a duration. But I think one of the first things that we need to master is our surroundings, how we communicate with each other. Just. Not that, not that I because the reason why I say that that because that enables survival that 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 allows you survival in your community that allows survival in your surroundings. So you that like, this is what you know the old cliche of you're a product of your surroundings or like yeah is the, did I say that right? You're um, a product of your environment. You're close to you're a product of your, your environment essentially. So you've got to learn how to communicate within your your surroundings to be able to survive. So I think that's one of the first things that we need to master. Um, just, I mean, to answer your question, I might have a, maybe a clearer answer. I know I mentioned communication, but 
um, I'm going to almost say, and I don't know if I've, I'm going to word this correctly, but attention. So like in the Celestine Prophecy, it talks about how people are always constantly battling for for attention and essentially almost like um, if we, we had like a percentage bar of which obviously 100 percent is, is the maximum we're always trying to try always trying to give the upper hand or or, or 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 take the attention or draw the attention towards us and i'd say that's probably one of the first things that um children kind of learn you know and sometimes what you find when dealing with kids if you're not giving them the attention then they make loads of noise in order to um realign that focus back on themselves um anything else you want to add to that before i move on no 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 cool so the art of war on page 53 you mentioned war must be fought and won from a standpoint of mental superiority meaning you should do as much research as possible on your craft opponent and the terrain in which you are competing become a master of all information important to having a superior knowledge of your competing arena and how to best execute depending on the various situations. This way, you can be efficient and accurate at using the right resources at the right times to conquer as effortlessly as possible. Do you think this is an approach that we as a black community should use on the police and society in general? <laughs> That's a very good point and I'd say yes. Um, and the reason that before, before I just give that broad answer of yes, I don't mean in a violent way, I mean, in terms of let's take in what what um what the laws that guide how the police can treat and can treat people and behave that's that's the context i mean it from mm -hmm. uh, and say that again french no i said yeah i'm in agreement yeah was it was it the wider society you said in your question as well yeah and society in general yes yeah, um similar applies it's just how to maneuver a bit better and i'll go back to my example when, when i was told as a child um, get like, don't take any shit, hit back, uh, or get physical, like just a, a kind of mindset of, I, I wasn't kind of taught the essence of how powerful um, words are and how if you construct your sentence properly and if you're, and if you, um, if you're succinct in the way you speak and you can quote kind of facts, if you've got, if you can quote facts, you can, if you can quote facts and kind of speak succinctly and express yourself in the correct manner and correct way, actually that is enough to defeat most, to, to, um, to to um to win most battles almost. Mm -hmm. What about you, Um, yeah, I couldn't really agree um agree more. See what Mason said. I think you need to understand obviously how to navigate yourself within a system. Um, and again, obviously, with some of the notes, it says obviously never being emotionally distracted or off balance are critical to outthinking your opponent. Once this is done, ninety percent of your work is done. And it's, I mean, it's. I don't like living life as a game of chess, but as long as you understand or see how to work through a system or how a system works, then I don't know. You, I don't want to say you'll be fine, but then you're better suited in actually understanding those rules and those parameters in being successful. Whereas, not to say that we're emotional, but if you if you work off emotion, then more likely than not, or more like yeah, more likely than not, or anyway, more more likely you won't be successful. Or you'll have difficulties. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you both. I think, as we know, the system's rigged, as um, Swift Judge also pointed out. Like, we're in a system that is rigged, so the only way to 
combat that is is to learn the rules and not to necessarily abide by them by the book but be able to flip them on its head which is going to be more beneficial to us um so yeah that's that's my 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 point when it comes to police and also in society in general like i'll do as as you do to us and that not necessarily as you said mate in a violent way but in a in an intellectual way like when it comes to having a, a verbal display, whether it's agreement or disagreement, being able to articulate ourselves in such a way that you can't say you're being aggressive. Because one of the things I've definitely, for me personally, I know as growing up was, you're being aggressive. I'm just talking. But because we're animated as black people, like we're animated or we can become, we could come across as animated, your your words get lost in translation almost just because you may be moving your hands a bit and you may be bouncing a little bit as you talk and do you know what I'm saying? But if you can just hold your hand still almost and articulate word for word, speak clearly, and as you mentioned, um, Mace, give the pointers, give the statistics. I'm messing up on the word. I'm gonna mess up on given the given the statistics and be able to relate to whether it's um okay section b and to reel that off without any problems and being able to essentially learn the rules and and being able to recite them and it's almost like not to refer back to your point p in regards to playing chess by being like, being lawyers, being in a position of, when you're a lawyer, these are the laws that you have to, um, you have to dance around almost. And this is how you get like a good lawyer like Johnny Cochran, um, just for want of a better term, being able to get his defendants or his clients off a certain charge because he knows what the rules are. He knows what it is. He knows it's all about perception. It's not what you can prove. It's not the fact. You can have all the evidence in the world, but I can now, if I could change the perception of these 12 people, then that's it. It doesn't matter. You can have, you can have the glove. You can have it. You can call me red-handed. You can have it on camera. If I tell these 12 people, this is not the guy that you need to convict me. And... You can do it in such a way where it is articulate and you can swing the perception around. You've won at that own game. And that's, that's what the uproar was back in the day because many people may even say that, uh, what's his name? Um, Mr. Simpson. Yeah, yeah, that he was guilty. But obviously his lawyer was fired, so he was able to get off it. So... I think in, in regards to us as a community, we need to be able to do the same on a larger scale, whether it's just the police or and in society itself, is be able to reflect everything that's been done to us and use it in a way that is beneficial for us. I mean, just on a smaller scale, camera phones. I mean, that's where a lot of the whole George Floyd and other things have taken place, obviously, in recent time. <clears throat> that's where they've begun with the fact that we've actually been able to display evidence of the the things and feelings that we actually hold inside as to the way we're treated, et cetera, et cetera. We're now obviously now showing people um, digitally, this is actually what's taking place in our community or this is what's taking place to me 
on said day, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Or just yeah, no, yeah, no, that's real. I don't even want to go too much into the George Floyd thing because um, oh, no, no, no. you really touched on it, or it's not to say it should be forgotten because that's not the case, but it almost elicits some some emotional feelings that how it's been dealt with, and even up to today, how it's still being dealt with. Um, but yeah, just just moving on slightly in regards to the book itself. The next point of, of conversation, he says, don't boy MBA to rich man PhD. So I, I was good at putting together a game to, I was good at putting together a game plan. As a street hustler, I would start every day by putting together a to-do list and schedule for what needed to get done. Cook my product by 10 a.m., hit the streets and the various spots between 10 to 12 p.m., meet disconnect or such and such at 2 p.m., put in more sales work on the block from three to five, and by five I will be done, while most, while most guys were just getting started. Should we be emphasising more on the transferable skills than the actual crimes committed? 100%. Like if, you're, if you're looking at it from a rehabilitation point of view, or just trying to turn, like, or if you're, even, if you're even in this world, or was in this world, and trying to um and trying to um uh go legitimate essentially into the business world a hundred and ten percent prime example swift george when we spoke to him same thing where he said um it took him ages to put to struct to put together a structured sales team properly because he was thinking about it with a business with basically essentially just a hundred percent a business mind and a business how on he said the moment he referred back to it as these are my workers i've got a job drop um grab off to this person at this time because this is what their line does and these are the hours they operate soon as he started thinking like that it all fell into place so a hundred i would say a hundred percent yeah no i couldn't agree more i mean like like just the notes i've taken on that part i mean he spoke he speaks about his drug selling days were attributed to his success as a businessman and that he'd done his ten thousand hours you know what i mean and obviously they say ten thousand hours are um, the amount of hours you necessarily need to put into your craft in order to achieve what would be deemed as mastery. And yeah, I think a lot of the things that people do, and obviously we're focusing on criminality, their skills can be transferable, or they are transferable. It's just that they're not honed in a direction. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, before I even asked the question, I kind of knew the answer myself being being in that position and I once worked with mentor no not yeah it was a mentoring company that essentially would take on people that had criminal backgrounds and show them that everything that they've learned from the street can be transferable whether they was a fraudster or a a robber or a shutter or whatever, there was always a way to use those. So, all right, cool. So, say you was going out robbing cars. All right, let's transfer those skills so you're, you're handy with cars. So, instead of breaking into them, how about fixing them, possibly? And how about looking at ways where you can rebuild them and things of that nature, rather than just stealing them? There's obviously, you've obviously got a talent for for something with to do with cars or um, going back to... 
uh, whether it's fraud. Okay, so you're good with your with your words. You know how to elicit emotion out of someone. You know how to get information out of someone. Let's let's transfer that to getting you onto the phones and, and ringing out for potential clients because you know how to talk to someone and get information that they may not necessarily deem as valuable, but your able your gift is to take that invaluable information and build a picture and then you can then sell them a product or a service or whatever it may be. Same goes for someone that's built up a line. Clearly, if you can build up a line, you can build up a business. <laughs> the same thing that I mentioned in regards to our conversation with Swift George was me and my business partner when like when we as we were setting up the business and we started to to grow, we was able to almost look at it from a from a track position of all right, cool. So this line is like the pebble line, and that's for like your residential houses, that's for your residential cleans. Now, this line over here, that's that's for your bricks, that's for your half bars, that's for your, your two and the cues, that's like your schools, that's like your office buildings. And just to be able to re almost place that 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 outlook on the legitimate side of things, it pans up and you're just doing the same thing, you're just doing it legally now. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, cool, I've got a couple of workers, these are my little soldiers. But instead of them being soldiers hitting shots, they're out doing whatever it is, whatever your business may be, whether that's in sales, as Swift George pointed out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you both in regards to we should be emphasising more the transferable skills rather than the actual crimes committed. Well put. One thing I would add as well is everything you just said, it requires, whether that's stealing a, stealing a car, burglary, whatever it is, it, it requires a degree of planning. It requires yeah, yeah. a degree of planning, and that's important in anything. You've got to have a business, a plan, a vision. How much, and you, you have a plan, all right, I'm not even a criminal, but just thinking, all right, we're going to burgle this house. How do we do it? What's the, what's, how do we get from A to B? Okay, so we monitor the house. Um, they turn the lights off at this time, or they're normally out at this time dropping the kids off. They have kids, so they must be a school run. It's just things like that. It requires, requires a degree of planning. Same thing if you transfer it to a business world as well. Right. Um, so going on, he, he says, I apply the same entrepreneurial grind for being a dope boy in the streets to mastering the art and science of winning business with beautiful, beautiful hair for you. By placing a strong focus on superior quality, low-cost international sourcing, creative social media promotions, mass media advertising, and exceptional customer service. I was able to grow sales from 10 bundles a week to 1,000 bundles a week. Beko, invite one of uh, the leading distributors of Virgin Hair. Mm. Um, he mentioned also uh, doing mentioning, uh, he also mentioned using boxing and chess as, as ways of honing his skills and being able to adapt those same skills to his business. Which, uh, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I need to put that in there because I enjoy both. Yeah. But uh, moving on to chapter five, if there's not anything else you want to add to to that. Yeah, just just very just very briefly. So obviously, I know we spoke about school and and children and and how we can change the the dynamic of um, children educating themselves or what type of advice that we can give. So obviously, it speaks about the ten thousand hours. So the ten thousand hours over a year. M is equivalent to 27.5 hours per day, which it says is impossible. 
Again, 10,000 hours over three years, 9.1 hours per day, possible but exhausting. 10,000 hours, obviously, over six years, 4.6 hours per day, which is more likely, but then obviously, then obviously there's like 2.7 hours per day, which is obviously more realistic. And it says that, obviously, if you can identify a talent and work on it from the age of 13, mm. then getting your 10,000 hours in of mastery is likely due to the amount of time you had ahead of you. And it goes on to give examples of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates who put in those hours in relation to computer programming, Kevin Durant, or Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant in regards to shooting, and obviously Warren Buffett in regards to investment. Yeah, so that's me. Ah, um, moving on to chapter five, which is stages six to seven, um, decision impact, your moment, choosing to be the best all the time. So you mentioned, my mind was trapped, my lifestyle was trapped, and my intention to becoming great would always be trapped in this self-imprisoning cage. This cage could turn into a coffin, coffin box carried by a six at any moment. Every temporary success I achieved would lead to a more permanent path to failure and destruction. What do you think we need to change our mindset before it gets to a life and death situation? Um, sorry, go on. If you, no, I was just going to say, if you, if you want to think about it quickly, basically, that was the question I actually was going to ask uh, Swift George, but he did answer it, and I'll, to follow, to follow his answer, essentially, and as I, was, as I was writing this question, my first thought was examples of success, like, you need, you need role models. You need to see other people in, that's come from your environment that are, they're in a position that you would like to be in, essentially. Mm. And going back to the examples of not just being in entertainment. Like I, I can't say personally that I saw any, like many black entrepreneurs that were successful in the hood. Like everyone that I considered successful in the hood was was on the roadside. Now, if I'd seen five, six different black businessmen owning their shops or owning their own particular businesses within my same area that I lived in, that would have been more. And they were and they was able to floss the way that the the drug dealers were doing it, and styling the way all the hustlers were doing it, and all the robbers were doing it that would have been more of an incentive to be like, all right, cool. So there's, there's more than one way of getting out of the hood or even, I wouldn't say even getting out of the hood, but being able to, to live nicely without having to do the madness. But there wasn't, there wasn't no examples. We're starting to see it now, fortunately enough, like as, I, as we mentioned before, Swift George or other people that we're seeing that are actually opening businesses nowadays. But I can't, like, if there was any businesses, it was like the Caribbean shop. But there was always just one. Like there was never a chain. And this is something that I've always kind of looked at looked at and thought, why don't we have any chains of Caribbean shops? Particularly the fact that we've been there for 50 years plus now. Like, why isn't there a Caribbean McDonald's? Like, why isn't there a uh, what's the um the hairdressers that the the all the white dons and white people go to. Um, 
Tony and Guy, why haven't we got one of those? Uh, why not? Uh, we've, we, we've been doing it, do you know what I'm saying? But we don't have none of those. So I personally think for me, it's, it's, it's having those examples of success. That's what would change the mindset of our youth. That's what would have changed the mindset of myself, possibly from being able to see that there is, again, I keep reiterating, but it's just to make the point. Um, it's to, it's to, yeah, to see and show and prove that there's more than one way. So, yeah, that's, that's what my, my essential force is. Yeah. Um, my, mine was like, um, like hope and belief. And again, a lot of these things are just plastered of all, all of my notes. Um, in the, I think it was the Barack Obama section, the audacity to hope to be um, president, to be U.S. president. But in his speech and speaking existence, sorry, but in his speech in speaking into existence and in having a united U.S. and believing he would be the U.S. president long before he was, there was only forty-four presidents obviously before him and obviously in him being no sorry there was only 44 presidents with him obviously being one of them and the second term it says obviously solidified his greatness but yeah hope and belief for me i think you have to have that in in that type of situation where you you feel you're in a life or death situation i think if you don't believe there's any lingering hope any kind of light at the end of the tunnel then ultimately i think you're going to find it very very difficult because ultimately you've got to be able to convince yourself you can't convince yourself, then no one else is going to, no one else can convince you, are they? Or they, you're gonna, they're going to find it very difficult to convince you. A um, couple of things. First, first off, agree with your point, French, about um, role models and similar role models who you can visually, you can picture, or sorry, who are close to you, who actually either look, sound, um, come from your environment, have some kind of, some kind of similarities to yourself where like um you're like actually i can achieve that because i've seen where they come from or i know where they what they would have had to go through or i can actually see we're similar we we sound the same something like that but the other thing is to to switch or change from um a certain uh lifestyle it goes back to my point about um sometimes you just have to there has to be something that's happened where it's verged on the edge of you getting in trouble or version the edge of you go in a certain way for you to realize my example earlier was whereby we, we got nicked ascension i was like never again am i doing that um and also another example was with my my brother and my dad i'm not going to go down that route of smoking because i've i've seen the impact it's had so sometimes it's a case of going through the experience or some or that experience being seen or felt in and around you can help you to sway to go a certain direction Well, moving on slightly through, through chapter five. He says, you can't be scared to lose. Sometimes you have to take the short-term L to learn how to win. The beauty is you'll learn what to do versus what not to do. And that's on page 73. And uh, a parenthesis quote by Nelson Mandela is, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I thought that, uh, that sums that up really well. Brilliant. So another another quote on page. Sorry, was that brilliant? It's just, and I think you guys both know that with with like um a, 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 um high end purchase I made, I've been learning a lot this year. So, <laughs> so there you go. So I think it's a brilliant quote. It's just the way you look at it. It's the mindset, how you look at it. Yeah, facts. 
Um, so they had no clue that I was studying Machiavelli's prints day in and day out, mastering how to be a king, how to rule a kingdom, how to apply strategy, and how to gain the love of the people. And that's on page 76. This is the second time Chris alludes to reading and how powerful it's been for him. Um, we as fully, fully, fully booked know and appreciate the power it brings out. But why isn't reading in the hood discussed and elevated more? And what needs to be done to change that narrative? To answer your first point, it's not, it's not seen as cool. Simple as that, in my opinion. That's, that's, mm. that's the first point. Um, um, secondly, what needs to be discussed? Platforms like us, hopefully, like ours. Um, also, I think I, I can't remember, for the life of me, I can't remember the book here, but when I was a, a very small child and I went to Jamaica, I bought a book back from Jamaica and I loved that book and I can't remember the name of it. But I didn't, apart from that, like, I think it's also about um, having books that, res that can resonate with yourself or myself or ourselves from a young age to develop that passion to want to read rather than the school curriculum books they give you that actually you might not strike accordance with. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment, but that's, that's my thoughts. Um, no, nah, I think Mason, he raised a couple of good points. Um, I tried to think maybe a little bit deeper as to his initial response as to it being not cool, but that might be, again, that, in, that might be the truth of the matter, but like, I, I literally just another thought came to my mind as to um, Chris, who obviously we had on Fully But Meets, and he was talking about how his teacher thought that he was obviously very intelligent and more intelligent than he was given off. And obviously gave his mum, I don't want to say the task, but encouraged his mum to take him to the library to pick out a book in that he obviously, sorry, in that he would then obviously begin to enjoy reading. And again, obviously, as Mason said, you know, some of the books in the curriculum are not books that we necessarily take to because they're, I don't know, not very exciting or not necessarily... I don't, yeah, there's nothing, I don't want to say there's nothing to them, but they're not really exciting, you know? And the curriculum mm. probably does need to be improved to, I don't know, I don't know, just to do it. Should I say that again? More inclusive? Yeah, more inclusive, but I mean, like, I mean, I mean, the books are just bo are boring, just in general. Can you remember any book that you read in school? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good name him. I bet you can name four. Oh, I can remember. Uh, Animal Farm is one of the first books yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. Um, Malcolm X is another book that I read when I was young. But this again, I went to Simba. I went to um, like Pan African school, so like I've always been reading. And as I know, as you don't know, I'm from Shepherd's Bush, and um, I used to always like my parents. Well, my mum used to always take me to Shepherd's Bush Library every weekend, like every weekend without fail. So for me. I've always enjoyed reading, like, personally. I've always in, enjoyed it. But I think reading in the hood isn't discussed because it almost dates back to slavery, almost, where it was not cool. I'm not going to say it was cool, but it was best to be dumbed down. It was best to be... Uh, illiterate because if you was seen as it being literate then you couldn't almost you could get killed at one point in slavery like if you knew how to read they'll kill you for it essentially so it was best that we acted dumb and I think that's trickled down to where we are now is like when you're in your hood and you start saying certain words um, 
you're, you're looked at as a geek or a nerd. It's like, wait a minute, why is my, like, why are you trying to sound smart? You're trying to sound white. So when you're in that environment, you're, you're then going to look at like, oh, reading, that's for like, for like, for like white people almost, or that's for like nerds and stuff. So that's how that kind of narrative kind of, I guess, gets bundled around. So reading isn't seen as cool, but you can, you can ask all the coolest people on this earth. They'll tell you reading's cool as shit. Like, you couldn't tell me, like, oh, for instance, like Jay-Z, everyone will say, oh, Jay-Z's like the coolest guy. Jay-Z reads books, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the one that, He's probably the first person that I heard talk about Silistine Prophecy, which we've mentioned on this podcast numerous amount of times. But I think, yeah, like, obviously we need to change that narrative. And I think what needs, what what we need to do to change that narrative is, and I keep referring back to the industry of entertainment because it is our biggest um, selling point as it stands. But when we've got people such as your Stormzy, such as your Jay-Z's, such as other people um, in, in elevated positions to make the point that reading has helped them on their journey and it's given them the tools to execute on business skills or see, see uh, learn new skills to be able to walk into a room and know, all right, cool, I know exactly what you're talking about and I can revert and I can not just regurgitate what I've read, but I understand it and I can use it again. Again, going back to what we were discussing earlier about using those same rules against those that are standing in our way, in our opposition. So I think that's the way we, we can change the narrative of reading. And it, it seems, I've got no problem saying I love reading, I've always loved reading, but man can't take my strikes away and say that you ain't done this and that and whatever or not. Like man's been out there, in it? So... Does that make me uncool? Does that make me a nerd? Fuck it, I'll be a hood nerd, innit? I'll be a hood Urkel. Cool. But, yeah, I do think us by us promoting it, as we said, um, this platform that we've got here, and other people just saying the impact of reading, uh, again, going back and talking to different guests that's sp spoken about the impact that books have had on their lives, we can then change the narrative and... Um, hopefully get, get people um, acknowledging the power of, of reading uh, books and, and learning. Well said, I thought, I thought what you said was spot on. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective um, to begin with, but I think it was well said. But I also do believe, pales in comparison to what you said, that the system, and I'm not talking about like, um, I'm not talking about from, um, oh God, I've lost my words today. I'm not talking about it from a system, from a point of view where it, it, it's, it's holding us back. I'm just talking about how it doesn't allow us to be people in general to be expressive. I just feel some of the stuff that we're learning is is quite is quite rigid and it's not creative enough to 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 get our excitement and, and to want us to actually go to the library and pick up books. You know what? On that note, yeah, like I remember one of the first books that I read. Not I was it. I won't even say it's one of the first books. One one of my first memorable books was was Malcolm X, the Malcolm X story, when it first came out. I don't know if you might guys remember when it first, his actual book came out um, years ago, like we, we, was, we was kids. Um, and I think, I don't know if the film was made then as well. I'm sure it was. But basically, my dad got me 
the Malcolm X book, his life story essentially, but it was in comic book form. And those days, those days, I was in primary school, so that's all I was reading. I was reading your dandies, I was reading your beanos, I was reading all of those other ones. I was reading Marvel, like that was my shit. Like, I used to love collecting comic books, so I was always reading like that. And I remember reading Malcolm X's story and being affected how how like how dope it was. Just like his come up to where he got to being a public speaker. And I, I can still picture it in my head now, just um, like one of the last images of when he's getting shot. And um, I just remember how I felt at the time. I was like, wow, like I was just, after reading it, I was like, I need to read it again. Do you know what I mean? And I think that was because it, one, it excited me. It was someone I knew. You know, I, I didn't know who Malcolm was, X was. I knew this, there's something about this person, this story. That's powerful, and I didn't know. I didn't realize it until later on in life. And I'm like, okay, Malcolm X is this, and he done that, and this is why. But yeah, that's definitely one of those things that got me into into reading. And I remember even going back to to going back to the library, go there every weekend. Like Asterix and Obelix, that's one of my favorite like um, childhood books that I used to always read. And um, yeah, I think. I don't know if they, they still have the same amount of libraries, but I definitely think that they are useful and I think they should be utilised a lot more. And that's down to us, essentially. It's down to us to be able to say, yeah, that's a cool place to be going. That's where you, you can find out different stories. And I guess we need to have more of our own authors so we have more stories of our own as well. Mm. So when the black kid goes in and sees... Um, a whole row of, roll of books and he's looking in it and he's listening, like reading the description of a certain character, he can read about himself within a story, whether it is, uh, what's that book that, um, uh, it's gone off the top of my head now, but basically it's like a, a fantasy kind of story, but it's, it's black based, it's black characters. Um, I've got a book over there, I'm gonna have to go and run and see it before it uh, eludes me. But yeah, it's, we don't just have to be gangsters and pimps and all that. We can do like a, a Harry Potter kind of, um, have, 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 have Harry Potter kind of um, characters and stories and be invested into reading that way. So we can, we can change that narrative in that sense. That makes any sense. No, no, but that's another good point. And again, obviously, you know, like, Again, I don't want to talk about systems and stuff like that, but if there's not enough books to excite us, then you kind of, you begin to kind of veer away from the thought of reading, which obviously is not what you want to do. Something you said I I wanted to touch on, Um, it might not be that important, but um, no, again, talking about evolution. So obviously we spoke about evolution a number of times and like, let's say 20, 30, 40 years ago, maybe not even that, right? We probably, obviously we didn't have many authors. That's because our stories... I know it's taking time, you know, for stories to develop. People need to live in order for stories to develop and then for people then obviously to put pen to paper and then for them to, to finally come out. But, but I think we're now at a stage where, um, I don't know, I think we've been here long enough that like our story has been told or our story has been lived out. And now you'll find them in book publications and things like that, which will then obviously go on to inspire the next generation. 
you know what? Speaking of like black black authors and black stories, I think um, I'm just thinking out loud now as we're, as we're chopping it up. But like, I think because we've got the platform that we've got and we're doing what we're doing, I think it'd be a good idea to highlight some of the black authors that are out there. Essentially, maybe if we do it for a season where, or every other season where we choose a black black author and they've got a self development book, or even if it's not self development book based. Um, some of the authors that are there's there's so many out there, but they just don't get the recognition that they deserve, or even put up against the white counterparts. Just for, as you said, please systematic. But this is why we need to show and prove. We need to use our platform and say, oh, "Cool, well, these are some of the authors that we rock with and discuss their books and 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 put that narrative out there." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sorry, like just to even touch on what you said, like. You use the word systematic, and sometimes not. Well, so we know there are things that are systematic, but like as to us reading, like some of the books that are out there, like say 10, 15, 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, there's truth in what I'm saying. Obviously, there's a lot of nonsense in what I'm saying, but we weren't able, like not all of us can relate to some of the books out there. Yeah. What, now, what I mean is that there's truth in rubbish in what I'm saying. Like there's some there's some authors. I don't want to use the word white, but there's some there's some white authors who have some phenomenal books. What I'm saying yeah, is. What I'm saying is, some of the books that are out there don't necessarily resonate to us. Hence, mm. like, I know recently the book that came out that um, it's got a lot of acclaim, the, um, oh God, uh, I'm no longer talking about race, is because obviously a lot of things have taken place and people are like, oh, okay, cool, I might be able to relate to that now that something's happened in my time. Good point. Yeah, so no, that's... Of... No, I was just going to say Children of Blood and Bone. That's what I was referring mm-hmm. to. That book is hard. It's a um, fictional book, and I need to get the second part, but it's like a fantasy. I, I know I'll kind of cut you off point there, P, but I just wanted to mention it before we, we move on. But yeah, that's a dope book, so check it out. I can't remember the author's name. I'll have to go have a look at the book, but she's a great author. I believe that book's being made into a movie, um, so I'll definitely go and see that when it does come out, so show support. But... Um, yeah, yeah, just wanted to get that out before we move on still. So finish your point, Murphy. Nah, that's gone now. But I mean, like, <laughs> 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 no, it's fine. No, I, I was finishing. I was probably finished anyway. So no, that was my point as to, you know, some books we can relate to and some books that we, we struggle to relate to. And I think we're just at a point where, like even London, we know London's very multicultural. So like, mm-hmm. there are stories that are out there now that we'll be able to relate to. And it doesn't matter what race or creed that person is from and likewise people from other races will be able to look look at our books and, and our, our authors and because we lived side by side for for such a long time they'll be able to relate to some of our stories and that they've heard our stories before yeah definitely definitely i agree Tell me where to go.